Today's episode of Cinema Gush is brought to you by the theme naming trope. Listen, much like life, there's not a ton of time to waste on remembering people's last names unless, for some reason, they're incredibly memorable. You'll see this trope on full display in today's movie where every character's last name is based off of a real person who existed. And oftentimes, what that person did in life has something to do with a character in this film. I don't really have a joke here, but I just thought, hey, this is kind of a cool thing. Uh, really, guys, we just want to say thanks for over 250 downloads of our fun little podcast. Give us a review if you don't mind on iTunes or Spotify or wherever reviews are sold. Just we're grateful, we're happy to do it, and we're going to keep on trucking along. So enjoy this week's episode, and we'll catch you on the next one. This is episode... Eight? Eight. This is episode Yates. Alright, episode eight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of Cinnamon Gush. I am your host, Nick. And I'm Brendan. And my co-host Brendan. Yeah, I, I, it's always weird to say that because it's like we're both the hosts, but then we're not the both co we're not both co-hosts, so it's like we're not Batman and Robin, it's like Batman and Batman or Superman and Bizarre. Like we're all like main characters. This is so I'll, stupid. Uh, Nick, special- Nick, I'll be your Robin anytime you want me to be. Oh dang! Is it like Justice League? <laughs> My you guys are all the same. Justice League, but even Justice League, like Superman. Superman's like, not in charge. Who are you kidding? Batman's oh. in charge of Batman. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. You're Martian Manhunter. I'll be Wonder Woman. It'll work. Oh my gosh! And Wonder Woman on that show is. I'll be Flash. So great. Flash is, that, is so great too. I have he's no more idea who this anyway. person is. We have lost <laughs> the thread of this. <laughs> this is the best thread ever. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Cohen here. Uh, he, he's a children's author. Uh, we, we are writing a comic book together. Um, we're here. He's one of our special guests today. Um, and he picked probably... How, how do I, so there's like... When people say that what they love about movies is like the hook, the big what if, you know, hook from last week. Um, the big what mm. if, you know, the big ideas. Like this movie has one of the best premises... Of like any movie I've ever seen, I, it's it's wish fulfillment. It's what if, and it's just, I I I adore this movie. I own a copy of the screenplay at home that I read regularly. Um, it's a fantastic movie. It is Stranger Than Fiction. Brendan, had you seen this before, or was this oh, your man. first time? Oh man, dude, I this was easy to watch since I had it sitting right in my DVD player, ready to go. No, I own this one too. This is a great movie. I, I haven't seen it forever, so I was so excited to do it again. But it, yeah, yeah, not only that, but this is the third. Dustin Hoffman movie right. in our gush, in our gush network. You know, listeners, we had Rain Man a couple weeks ago, and then before that, we had Hook. I mean, Dustin Hoffman just kind of creeps into everything, and we are so grateful he does. It. I've never seen. Welcome Rain Man, to I'm Cinema sorry. Gush, the Dustin Cin- Hoffman podcast. Today, <laughs> are we the Dustin Hoffman? Uh, Dustin Hoffman, Dustin Hoffman podcast, or are we the? Last Jedi podcast. <laughs> Those are our two things. The, the, that's the we unifying the factor. There. Yeah, yeah. Last Jedi is great. So, it would have been better if Dustin Hoffman was in it. This is how we win, Brendan. This is how we win. <laughs> <laughs> Rose. Uh, she had stuff to do in the last movie. Uh, Joe, please gush for us about Stranger Than Fiction. Oh, I can gush about Stranger Than Fiction. It took me a while because I wasn't sure which movie I was like, what's the movie I love? Because I love a lot of movies. Because mm-hmm. you talked about doing Hook. I, I talked about doing Hook. I talked about doing uh, uh, Blast from the Rush. Past. Blast from the Past. That's no, right. Yeah. not August Rush. <laughs> I, I almost did 17 again. The one. Oh, that's a I, he the told me that. I, I was actually a little excited about that one. <laughs> I, I mean, I could gush about 17 again. Don't get me wrong. It's the only movie in the world I've watched literally three times in a row. I watched it. <laughs> I watched it by myself because I just got it. I was like, this is a great movie. And then my sister walked in. As soon as I pressed stop, and my sister's like, oh, you have 17 again? You want to watch it? I was like, yeah, I could watch it. And then my friend Ryan came over right after I finished. He's like, 
oh, you get a new movie? I was like, yeah, you want to watch it? <laughs> <laughs> I spent eight hours in front of a TV watching one movie. And it was great. <laughs> it was great. But, but I would say yeah. I watched, I, I was just kind of on my uh, copious amounts of uh, movie things on my internet. And I was like, okay, well... What do I want to watch? I'm bored for a little bit. And I turned, I saw Stranger Than Fiction. And I was like, man, I love that movie. I should watch it real quick. And I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, this movie. I forgot how much I just, it's so close to my heart. Every part of it. First off, I have a, a special, because I, I do, I used to do a lot of stand up comedy. I love when a stand up comedian or a comedian in general does a serious role. Because they do it extra great, especially a mm. really good comedian. Yep, Jim Carrey is like the oh. best example of that, especially with like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Robin Williams, of course, like great mm-hmm. stand-up comedian. But then also, these amazing movies where like, he got the Academy so Award good. for Goodwill Hunting. So couldn't agree more. And this is Will Ferrell at the top of oh his my game. Like gosh. he had just done Old School a couple of years ago, and then Elf was like the year before. There's and a complete opposite of everything else he did. Could have done anything yeah. that he wanted, and he yeah. chose to do this one. And it was just so. Odd, right from the beginning, because you're watching it about an IRS agent, and you're thinking, this is not exciting. This is who he chose, eh? In the beginning, you're like, great, he's walking around doing counting. When I talk to people about Stranger Than Fiction, they like to say, oh, this is that movie that lied in the trailer, where in the trailer it was all like slapsticky and this happy thing, and then you watch the movie, and you're like, oh. But there is oh, so no. much comedy, it's just not yeah. his normal comedy. No, I agree. Everyone sees Will Ferrell, and they go, ah, oh, it's this. but it's my favorite type of comedy. It's all subtle. Like, one of my favorite, I'm kind of jumping in the middle already, but oh, jump, one of my jump, favorite, thing. favorite things, <laughs> I laughed for weeks when I heard this joke the first time, and I still laugh so much when I hear it. After he falls in love with that girl and, like, decides, you know what, I'm actually going to go ahead and make a move, and he runs to her bakery, and what does he bring her? He brings her flowers. Yes. But they're flour from, for, like, baking, and I'm like, that is so, if I were the writer right there, I'd be laughing so hard to myself forever. Right. I, that, that, hold on, movie, hold please. on. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell was going on there. I've seen this movie a bunch. I thought he brought it's her, like, flower seeds flour. or bulbs or something. Good Lord, no, no. It was like, rye flour, wheat flour, white flour. Oh, man. That's, that's clever. That's, because, that, you know, that's that scene where, like, he's already been hurt on her crap list twice, and then he goes mm-hmm. ahead and, you know, finds out he's in the tragedy, and so he has to try to make up for that lost time, and, like, that one moment is what got her to like him again, and... I feel oh, really stupid. Gosh. That's brilliant. <laughs> well, I it's love actually that. the song. It was, uh, you know... Oh. <laughs> uh, so, like, starting from the beginning, it's like a writer's dream uh, movie, also, just gushing about that too but the whole thing is it is a bunch of tropes it's he starts hearing this voice the whole beginning of the line he's standing at it and he goes and harold thought it was a regular a regular wednesday he goes did you hear that like a crazy person was like huh and the lady goes what he goes did you hear that harold thought it was a wednesday and she's like don't worry harold it is wednesday (laughs) (laughs) this movie sets up the ordinary world so perfectly because the first four minutes you get the narration, you get what he's doing, but it's not till that next morning that things start to take It off. also leaves it to the idea that maybe he was hearing this voice the whole time. And like, ignoring it, yeah, yeah. And been like, this is normal. And then he starts thinking, <laughs> wait, they just said something that I would never think, but I know is right. And so <laughs> I just thought that was so awesome. Uh, and then he, eventually he goes to see, like... Well, you're, you have, you know, uh, schizophrenia is the, the oh, therapist. Oh, he talked to Edna Moe from The Incredible. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> next it's, episode. I mean, you can't not look at her. No, it's that. 100% incredible. Which we'll talk about in the next podcast. Oh, Go yes. on, please. Um, and so she's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, but no one else. Yeah, you have schizophrenia. 
He's like, but hypothetically. If I didn't have schizophrenia, I didn't, what, like, what, what would you say? And he goes to see a writer. And what does the writer think? Immediately, it's, you're insane. Like, and this is the most, like, straightforward writing type of guy. Like, he knows so much. It yeah, doesn't happen, obviously. Professor of English Lit He's just college. so smart, and he brushes it off. I'm not convinced at any point in the movie he stops thinking he's insane. I think he's just having not a fun all. time with this crazy guy. I, yeah, exactly. He, I think uh, the way that they went through all the characters where he's just like, are you the king of anything? The king of <laughs> the king of bowling, the king of the, the trolls. King the, of the king troll. of the lanes. No. <laughs> like, oh. king of the lanes. And he rules out all those characters just from that simple sequence. Uh. But I think... He kind of starts to really believe him once he figures out that that voice is Karen Apple. But he's such a, a writer that he, he continues his his whole mentality the whole way through. Even to the point where he's like, yeah, you're probably, like, you're going to die. And he's like, <laughs> but, like, you know. As a writer, he would be like, well, literally, literally, literally this is, like, you're kind of, you have to. Mm-hmm. To just <laughs> do it. And Me and the like, wife turned at each other at the same time and said, he's a bad person at that point. <laughs> I mean, like, well, for the sake of the well, story, you have the, to die. Absolutely. And, well, even at the end, too. You have he, to die, he, yeah. You have to die. And then on top of that, he asked uh, Carol Eiffel why she didn't kill him. Like, <laughs> right. what kind of psychopath says that? Why didn't you kill him? I couldn't do it. Like I'm yeah. not a murderer. Well, from the literary perspective, he's like, you're, he's like, it would be. He's like, your life. I think he said something to the extent like, your life wouldn't have meaning if it happened any other way. The which cold sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, and like, go put on your little nose plugs and jump <laughs> in the pool. All right, like get out of here. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, even uh, the whole, every subtle thing he does, like when he gets the uh, the manuscript, and what does he do? The first thing he does is boom. <laughs> yeah, it's like such an impactful moment. He drops it while he's watching old people swim. Like, not and, important and, at all. And then he turns back to his trade paperback novel that is clearly not reading for any <laughs> literary merit. <laughs> right? Exactly. Oh. He, oh. In he other words, I love Dustin Hoffman, and I want to be more like him. Oh, he's so good. And that, <laughs> well, who hey, wouldn't? you know what? He takes his lifeguard responsibility seriously, and yeah. I, I for one, appreciate that because those old folks, they'll go down. You won't know. You won't know at all. <laughs> uh, I, we, I got to talk a little bit about here about Miss Pascal um, because you know she shows up, and they could not be more opposites. I mean, I've never been audited before, but just that what that feeling would be like. Like I get that. Like yeah, bent tax man. And who go, would hate you, Harold? Right? I'm an IRS agent. <laughs> Everyone hates me. That's right. That is that line. Because oh. everything about him seemed perfectly numb and normal and like not exciting enough to have a book based off of him. But then he you know, mentions that he's the IRS agent and he's currently auditing somebody. Um, and she's just this She's a great lovely, character. Well, she's not lovely at first. You know, There's a reason why she gets blown up in the dark night. But she's not lovely <laughs> at first. But then she becomes just this... This wonderful woman, he sees her for what she really is and, you know, finds out that she can write off all the bread that she's been donating as a charity. Um, But their relationship was very cool to watch progress because I think it was a very excellent way of showing how opposites attract. You know, they could not be more different. But then when you hit that point in the movie where it's like, Harold, you're going to die. Well, what should I do? Well, just live the best life you possibly can. And he starts the guitar and he goes after her. And like, (laughs) you get to get her more than just that surface level. Um, and I think they earn that that shift in character, right? I mean, it, it, the whole time through, where she's being terrible, you can also see that part of her is like, yeah, but he's a human being. Maybe I shouldn't be this awful. But then he's awful to her. And the, I mean, it, I feel like they earn the tra- the, the the change. 
One of my favorite lines. Actually, this probably is my favorite line in the whole movie, which there are many great lines <laughs> in this film, but um, eat a cookie. I really can't. Mr. Crick, it was a really <laughs> awful day. I know. I made, I made sure, sure of it. Of it. What a great freaking line. <laughs> Just like, oh, there are so many good lines oh. in this movie. And that was, that, I had to write that one down. It's just my absolute favorite, that she made sure that he had a bad day. Um, this movie was full of amazing setups and payoffs. I loved Buster Bluth in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, that conversation of, uh, what's your dream? Go to space camp. Can if you, you could that? have anything in the world, yeah. what would it be? Do I have a superpower? <laughs> no, you could just do, yeah, but this is hypothetical. All right, you can turn invisible. I'd go to space camp. You can turn invisible. You made that up. I didn't pick that. Yeah, um, everything he, like, throws against them. He's like, you hear the woman's voice? No. And, like, he starts doing the wave files, which becomes an important <laughs> line later on. And uh, he just, he doesn't act like he's insane. He's just like, I work for the IRS. And so do you. And I get it. But the fact that he gets that space camp brochure in the end is oh, one of the most heartwarming, <laughs> wonderful moments in a movie that I've seen in a long time. Also, back. just so for funny. a second, you guys are aware you can do adult space camp because last Wait, night I fiction? just developed a new dream for myself. Oh, <laughs> well, you really can. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a real thing. It's not like tricks just for no. Kids. No, there's oh. the, uh, no no. Let's see. That um, rabbit's a liar. I just had some. I, I've I've got it pulled up here. It's it's oh, now please. bookmarked on my computer. I'm I someday <laughs> I'm gonna go to space camp. Dude, so do I. And I see that you know. I would go to. Space this is a bit off topic, but I, I've been watching Virgin Galactic with their space tourism stuff, and they're completely sold out for all their first several tours. But it's two hundred grand for a seat. I'm just like, if I won the lottery, that'd probably be the first thing I'd do. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. Ah, uh, adult space camp. That and Vomit I mean, Comet. I literally wrote a book about space, so yeah. Oh, the Vomit Comet, man. Which Vomit Comet? Well, that's the plane that goes up and down, and you like get zero oh. G for like a couple seconds, and then you land, and it goes back Oof. up, and it goes back down. Um, yeah, that... Maybe we'll, maybe we'll all do Space Camp someday when this podcast becomes big and we all become rich and famous. Um, I'm, I'm that's a, a, that's a date, man. I'd have to pay for <laughs> I it. I love that idea. Let's make it a date. <laughs> Uh, so, so many good moments in this movie. Um, do you have a favorite moment out of curiosity? Oh, favorite moment. I <sighs> Same question to you in a second, Brendan. You got That's it. a really hard thing. I guess, like, I, I don't know, like, emotionally, one of my favorite moments was just that, like, utter, like, hopelessness that he, he had to essentially realize, even though he thought he was crazy most of the time and maybe it was nothing, he eventually realized... No, I'm like I'm scheduled to die basically, and I can't do anything. But he just gets one, like using everything as an IRS agent. He uses all his IRS agent skills to go find it, and just like there's just hope, and you can't even touch that phone because it's your life. Because a voice is telling you, and it's goop on your phone. Like if your life was on the line, <laughs> I just thought that would be. I, I keep seeing him like if your life is literally on the line, you know it. And there's goo on the phone. That is not gonna stop me. But because the voice also says so, like he's like, all right, move to the next phone. I had to move to the next phone. The <laughs> voice just told me I remember that there's something down in the subway. And they make it so that she, it is acceptable that she would buy into that. Like she types the phone rings and then period, and the phone rings immediately, and then she does nothing and she goes the phone rings again, and then hits period. And when Queen Latifah, who's also like the great every man, oh, every she's woman in this great movie, too. Like, she yep. goes to answer. She's like, no, 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 don't answer. 
And then she types it again in his period, and then she, like, races, like, writes oh, the phone, so... and she's like, my name's Harold Crick, is this a joke? He's like, I, too, hear waves crashing in my head when I move files, and she, like, freaks oh, out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, she's a great character, too. I love oh, both yeah. of them are mm-hmm. great characters. I mean, the idea, uh, did you smoke all these cigarettes? No. They came pre-smoked. Yes. <laughs> so many good ones. Emma Thompson, I believe. So Emma, many good ones. Yeah, Emma Thompson, another, another uh, treasure of an actor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Queen Latifah really balances her out because it's like putting the normal with the insane. And it's just so cool to see the contrast. Mm-hmm. She goes to the hospital, which, again, a great scene. <laughs> These people are all going to make it, um, which is great. Uh, but do you, where can I find the people that aren't? Right? <laughs> the ones She's that are like, doomed. Queen Latifah, like Queen Latifah gives her a look. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, Brennan, your favorite scene? Uh, I think we touched on a lot of them. I mean... Anything with Dustin Hoffman. I, I do think one of the lessons of this podcast is that Dustin Hoffman is one of my favorite actors, and I just didn't know it yet. Insane. Um, yep. That's fair. I think my favorite scene is when he brings the flowers, which apparently is ground milled flour, um, <laughs> to the point <laughs> where they better. he's playing the song and falls in love. I just I think that scene is so heartfelt. I think it's so well earned. I love the mm-hmm. characters. They seem true to themselves, but yet you can see how this woman would fall for this extraordinarily boring tax man. I, I, I really love that scene. I think it's very romantic and sweet, and I, yeah, that's my favorite scene by far. Excellent. Uh, mine is definitely when it all comes together. When he decides he's going to die, he loved the manuscript. He's like, it's perfect. Please write it this way. Uh, and then he goes and he lives... His, well, he lives the last day on Earth, and then the next morning, I suppose, the is most when it normal happens. moment. The most normal day watches a movie, like files some returns, makes the call about space camp, goes to sleep, and then um, has the very average next morning. Uh, and by the way, listeners, the song is La Petite Filet mm-hmm. de la Mer, and it's by Vangelis. It's about six minutes long on YouTube. Um, that is the song that plays in that sequence when Harold gets hit by the bus. And. Uh, <laughs> I was Marco Poloing Joe when I was watching that sequence, and he Marco Polo's back. He's like, "You know, he's gonna be okay, but aren't you nervous?" And it's like, <laughs> "Yes!" Like the movie is so insanely well done when it all comes together. And oh, I don't get emotional, but she she can't say that Harold Crick died. Like she can't finish the sentence. Ah, oh, it's just so many goosebumps. Like I had to sit down. It was so so good. So it's delightful you, from beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah, well, if I meet him, I'll, that's a movie I'll thank him for doing. Same, yeah, absolutely. I, I, and um, you pointed, we should mention, because you just brought this up, the score for this film oh, is so just a treat on the audio holes. It, mm-hmm. Every song on this it was great. One, I wonder if they have on vinyl. Nope, no vinyl. You can get on MP3, though. I love also the sequence where Hoffman is like, little did he know... That's what you heard. Little did he know. <laughs> I've written papers and taught classes on little did he know. It is one of those literary phrases that you see so often. And again, these characters are so insanely well fleshed out. Like the movie is not, it doesn't, it's not a long movie. It's also not, impact, it's quiet. It's like a quiet, simple movie in my mind. It really is. It really is. I think it, yeah. it delves so well into the whole hearing the voice in the head being the narrator thing. But also like, what if you knew your last day on earth was coming? Like, what, what would you do? How would you live your life differently? And how he tries to avoid it in the apartment complex by watching, <laughs> That's a good by watching nature documentaries. Everything ranging from, like, <laughs> the calm, here comes the lions. Like, oh, dude, the honey badger, like, totally killed somebody. <laughs> and you can tell, like, he's dying to change the channel because they're so bad. 
Oh my god. Everything's gosh. about death and but, it's like, I, That's right, yeah, they're all about animals killing other animals. <laughs> well, I, I think that, that scene actually highlights a great point that even if he can avoid death, if that's the way he's doing it, what's the point? I mean he's sitting and yes. not moving. Precisely. Mm-hmm. What is the point of living? <laughs> well, that's why Dustin Hoffman also says like uh, an amazing line. I, I said it earlier. Uh, it's you can have as many pancakes, or it's the quality of the pancake. Like if you could have a, how exactly does he say it? Basically, it's the quality of the pancakes, Harold. He's like the, it's it depends. My life. He goes, it depends on the quality of the pancake, like your life. Yeah, is it right. worth just wasting doing nothing, or do you want really delicious quality pancakes, especially if you can only have a few? Exactly. Yep. Um, there was a moment in this movie where they, in the very beginning, uh, this is such a tech thing, but in the very beginning when they do the zoom in on the earth, it is the most like, Hey, we just got Adobe after effects and we're going to start (laughs) trying to learn special effects. But I mean, all the things like this is right around the time that the text on screen thing started to become huge. Like they used it in that, uh, what's that Abrams show? The science fiction one, not lost. Uh, starts with an F, uh, Fringe. Fringe. Fringe had that like crazy, um, they used it really well in this one, though. They did. These it, are really I, well. I, very analytical. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think actually really a lot like, of. Go ahead. I, well, I, I think you can trace this the influence that this movie had on other movies through that text and the diagrams on screen. I think that's probably the biggest yeah. influence it's had on movies since then. Absolutely. Now, did you did you catch this one in theaters, Joe? I didn't. No. Okay. I so I first time I watched it was when we lived in L.A. Oh, okay. And it was actually, it was right after I found, like, a bunch of gems that I had never seen, like The Majestic, Stranger Than Fiction. Oh, just... I, I, there was a couple other really good ones. So I was just like, oh, my gosh, these are all amazing. I caught this at the cheap theaters here in Arizona called uh, Tepe Pollock, where it was, like, a buck fifty on a Tuesday, and you got, like, a large popcorn for $2. And, uh, do you, what about you, Brendan? When did you see this one? I'm pretty sure I saw this with last week's guest, John Riley. Because then any any oh. movie that came out in 2006, 2010, I saw in theaters with John. So more than likely, I watched I it with him. I totally would have paid to see this. Yeah. I still probably would pay to see this in theater. Yeah, and that's that's another interesting tip is like, what you know, there's so many movies, like if they came back to theaters, they'd be like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely go race to see that back in theaters. Because mm-hmm. um, this looks really great on Blu-ray. <clears throat> it does. Well, what else, Joe? What else you want to gush about? What <sighs> else about this movie just makes you lose uh, your mind? I mean, like you guys said, the score is incredible. Yes. There, there's just... Every subtle thing that you, it's not, everything's kind of there for a reason. There's no idle Nothing's chatter. Yeah. There's no wasted, like him counting. You notice in the beginning, it's a subtle thing that doesn't really have any reason to put in, except for the fact, like, to imply he counts things. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, did you count the soap? He did count the soap. He saw exactly <laughs> the percentage of it open. In the end, he doesn't do that anymore. It does. It stops showing oh, up slowly. Yeah, and it's just like that. silly stuff like that. But it's really cool to give, like, extra oomph. He's becoming less of an IRS agent and more of a person. He's becoming uh, a person who loves and cares and passions. And it's so cool he is having better quality pancakes with his life. And I'm, like, all about it. And I know what you say about the female character. I think she's beautiful, especially in this one. She sure. It's fun. <laughs> hey, tax man! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> with I mean their little meetup on the bus is hilarious too where he tries to flirt for the first time and you can tell legitimately this might be the first time he's ever like free ball flirting like he's just free, he's just going at it yeah <laughs> you have very straight teeth thanks, thanks. <laughs> and the narrator's like giving him hints too throughout yeah. the movie like even about the math being wrong and then um, the suggestion about what he's saying was like like small talk very small very small, small talk <laughs> on the wrong bus stop like 
I think that reminds me of the guitar sequence. Oh, I love the oh, guitar yeah. sequence. Hey, I'm compensating for something. Guess what? The double neck guitar. <laughs> oh. oh, that's great. Well, do you feel like you thoroughly gushed? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if I were watching it right now, I'd probably gush nonstop. But Brandon, go ahead, yes. Brandon. I do want to do something we're not supposed to do on this podcast. I want a Ooh. pet peeve. A pet peeve? Well, I have one pet peeve. Us. One pet peeve. And no, most of the time talk. I ignore this, but this one got me. Why couldn't they remove the piece of the watch? Damn it, if they just remove the piece of the watch, uh, that medical condition because... makes sense. But if they leave the piece of the watch in there, the medical condition doesn't make any sense. Okay, that's it. Moving oh, on. whoops. Whoopsie. <laughs> My pet peeve is after his apartment gets wrecked, he goes back to his apartment for the first time, and he's got a, a like a bowl of fresh apples. And I'm like, well, he just got back into his apartment. He certainly would not have fresh apples in this ruined apartment. <laughs> That's true. I think that, actually, that sequence was the one that, that was my little, like, pet peeve. It's just like, really? They would have destroyed the window without yeah. really checking? As like, a person who works in construction, I would get fired immediately. <laughs> not just fired. They should have jail time almost on that one. Do you know how many red, pieces yeah. of red tape I have to go through just to do a simple thing that I'm asked to do? Yeah. And the number <laughs> Change like, a socket or whatever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that was definitely my pet peeve. It's like, really, guys? Like, that was what you had to do? Because like, it's not like they're going to knock down the next door apartment because they wouldn't do that either. So it just Yeah, you don't drive up to a building and stick a claw through <laughs> without, you know, peeking your head through a window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of preparation for that. But, uh, you know, she might not be in the field of construction. Who knows? But yeah. at the end of the day, these are small pet peeves. It's a great movie. Oh, very movie. small. I love it. Very much so. I, I genuinely loved it. It's one of the few movies that I own on Blu-ray. Um, yep. Yeah. Anything else, Joe? Uh... I mean, no, it's just the narration. I rarely like a movie with narration, but I love this movie with the narration. It's necessary, and it's the sweetest, most complimentary thing I can think of in that movie. You sound like a man who just had a full five-course meal, and you're stuffed, and somebody's like, do you want this menu? You're like, yeah, the narration was good. <laughs> you, I mean, it feels like you've... Yeah, like... It's the type of person I'm actually... So, uh, I would totally stuff myself. I'd be sweating, and yeah, I'll take, I'll take the menu. Well, Joe, what we need from you now is a number between 1 and 728. There were way too many people working on this movie. <laughs> so, how about 645? 645. Okay, 645. Feeling alive at 645. That would be... Okay. Wow. Wait a minute. What? What do we got? That's awesome. Terry Jones... From Monty Python. What? How? Wait, really? What was his role? Uh, oh gosh. Wait a minute. Footage? Is that what it says? He, oh gosh. So he was, um, <coughs> he was in the original Monty Python. Okay. Um, and Monty Python and the, he, let's see, he was in Life of Brian. Who did he play? Sorry, folks, I don't recognize his, let's see, Life of Brian. Mandy Cohen. Oh, Cohen. no, no. I've never he seen was, Life of Brian. They goes, he goes to see Mighty Python in the movie theater, the vomiting scene. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's what it is. So, so, so Terry Jones is number 645. From the footage, Monty Python's the meaning of life, courtesy of. 
Yeah. So, I mean, gosh, everyone knows Terry Jones from uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. He was Sir Bedivere. He was the <laughs> left head on the three-headed guy in the forest. He was Dennis's mother. <laughs> so well, you got to give credit for a movie. This man oh. is about to die, and he goes and sees Monty Python. That that's that's legitimate. That's what you should be doing when you're about to die. And the irony of seeing the meaning of life. Oh when yeah. He's about to die. Ah, I didn't even catch that. Oh, another thing to add to the list. Fantastic. Well, I gotta say. Terry Jones, I, he passed away just last year. Like, it's almost been a full year since he passed away. So, um, Terry, to you and the whole Monty Python crew, like, thank you for allowing these guys to use that footage because uh, it perfectly, like, dots the eye when Harold yeah. on his way out the door. So, yeah, that's a, that's a legacy they didn't intend on, but, man, Monty Python's still making the world better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sure are. Um Gosh, it's about time to watch Holy Grail again, and I think about it. It's been too long. It has been too long. It's actually, the first time I ever saw Holy Grail was at Joe's house. Uh, his dad loves slapstick movies. So when I mentioned earlier Gush episodes that I grew up with Naked Gun and Hot Shots and Top Secret and Top, <laughs> like, all of those slapstick movies, it came from this man's father. For, I almost did education. one of those. <laughs> nice. Uh, Leslie Nielsen's Bad Golf Made Easier. Oh, that's a good one, too. I, uh, again, this is a hard debate for this, but again, Stranger Than Fiction, just, it just won after I watched it. Absolutely. It's like, oh, so good. Yeah, so, I mean, that, some of the best movies we've had is just movies that have piqued somebody's interest in the moment. And I, I mean, the movie I picked, Snowpiercer, is not probably my top movies of all time, but I just because wanted I to talk to about it. it. I'm about to watch it. It's on my list of movies to watch because I got HBO Max and I see it and I'm like, okay, oh, I will dude. watch Snowpiercer. Well, However, I did. Do they watch have the, the movie? movie? They have the movie. Okay, I know they have the show. Okay, yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait. Then maybe I don't know. I didn't know there was a movie and a show. I have, the show just yeah. came out. Uh, I have every yep. streaming, so I'm sure I can find it. Every streaming. Why just pay for cable? I don't. It's have, good. I, don't pay, I only pay for like two of them. <laughs> yeah. Amazon, because I have Amazon Prime. Like, sure, who doesn't sure. have that nowadays, right? Me? And <laughs> Disney Plus, because my children like to watch Frozen 2 uh, basically daily. Oh, my God. I have what no idea what that's like. That's like. He knows what that's I think like. a lot of people. <laughs> what can I say except? Wait, that's Moana. I'm... Oh right, yeah, right, 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 right. As much as I agree with Bill, <laughs> oh money, money, uh, money, was it Bill Tullius? Yes, absolutely, uh, Bill Tullius. Totally, Moana's great. We just watched it because I sang because of his his podcast, and Amelia, my daughter, loves it. We need, but to she's still back on Frozen. From all the people watching movies because of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, one Joe, I, number yeah, one through three. Pick a number between one and three. And I guarantee you, the order you see on screen is not what's I know, I'm not at a three. I'm so excited. This is my favorite part of the podcast. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. A couple weeks ago, we had Mr. Kyle Peterson on doing Hook. And I know that is not his favorite movie of all time. So, Joseph, if you would please find something nice to say about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, I'd really appreciate it. Now, real quick. Is this the 2003 one? No. No, this is the old one. (laughs) Okay. Find something nice. That one's... Okay. Something nice. Oh, he's I was going to say something nice. Okay. Uh, so hold on. I need to clarify. You dislike the original or the 2003? I'm not a fan of either, but I really don't but like But which one original. are you talking about now? The original. the original. Okay. Oh, I love it. Something that everybody loves. Tell me something nice about say this something. movie that you hate. I'm going to say something nice. Uh, something so nice. <laughs> Um, is it raining? Is it snowing? No, don't sing that song. That's the worst. <laughs> That's the reason I hate it the most. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, I will say it's whimsical. It's it whimsical. is whimsical. 
You mean it's 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 the the mu some of the music some specifically emphasize on some of the music is very enjoyable. Okay, <laughs> and, and and I love candy. I love candy so much. Some of the music is very enjoyable. That's so much better than. Well, we won't go there. <laughs> okay, but now I want to know because I always want to know what okay, are your other two. When I e. what the other two? Oh, and Cars e. Three. Huh. We watched Cars 2 for the first time last night. Cars 3 at I this moment is the only Pixar movie I've never seen. Really? So you're saying big, strong recommendation on your end. Here's the thing. I told <laughs> Nick beforehand, I watch it way too much because of my kids. But that's not... I mean, it's not because I watch it too much that I don't like it. Structurally, as a uh, as a script, mm-hmm. like as a story, it's just really bad. I... I the entire time I'm watching it, I keep going, no, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, to be fair, I thought that of Cars 2. I thought it was extraordinarily mediocre. And here's the kicker. There you go. That one probably makes more sense than, than, than three. Cars 3. And that's coming from, the, uh, I personally am an unapologetically in love with Cars 1. I really oh, like Cars, Cars 1. Beautiful, awesome movie. Oh, man. I actually want to go to Disneyland to take my daughter to go to the Cars theme, like, like area the ride our, it looks, our first guest it. kyle murphy we went on a road trip purely because i was so in love with the idea of road tripping because of cars i thought cars. let's go see oh. the desert and go hit route 66 totally. and all that cars is great it's an awesome franchise uh like the whole thing is awesome yeah i keep learning new things because my daughter watches i have to learn new things all the time but mm. yeah cars 3 not my recommendation but et no good Oh, E.T.? Why? Or what a good, What, what about yeah, I mean, like, if it's on the list of movies that you can't stand, like... It's the same... When I watched these movies, I was a terrified little kid. I was scared a lot of things. My parents put me in a room with one window that was higher than the rest of the house because I was scared of people breaking in the house. So when I watched E.T., that's terrifying. <laughs> okay? Same with Willy Wonka. Why get on a boat and then have a roach crawl across it? What are you doing? I'm learning about candy. Don't scare me <laughs> with roach. about candy. Willy Wonka is a social path we can't deny that oh, he's insane sure uh, i've never read yeah. is it a book oh yeah rolled all yeah i've never read it i'm not either. interested in reading it <laughs> I, don't, I just don't even even the new one i'm like <laughs> not so much squirrels no thank you yeah. it's not sanitary or good no oh well you know what i i honestly don't blame you i like the movie but i also not I get it. Like, I get it. I get it. I will tell you this, though. There is a beer that I've been trying to hunt down that is called Good Morning to Everyone Except Grandpa Joe, who sat in bed for 20 years and let his family wallow in poverty, but hopped up like an MF to go to a damn candy factory. <laughs> That's the name of the beer? That is That's the name the of the beer. The whole thing. <laughs> that is the name that of the beer. That person probably feels the same way I feel about the movie. You need to oh. send me a link to that, because I'll find some of that. It is from Evil Genius Beer Company. It is a fruity sour beer. <laughs> <laughs> and it is right on the can. Oh my god. Oh, and they're in Philadelphia. Actually, I might be able to get one of these. I can Stay probably pull that off. We'll see if I can get that beer. So now last part of the podcast wanna know, Joe, what are you what are you consuming media wise these days? Reading, watching, listening to? What's your jam? So, uh watching, I am rewatching Samurai Jack. Oh, oh. Who doesn't love Samurai Jack? It's just no good. Yeah. Still got to do last season. I haven't done last season ah, yet, but cool. I got HBO Max too, so I'm going to probably do that soon. I don't want to be that guy, but I thought about Samurai Jack in the shower today. I don't blame you. Like, I just legit did because, like, 
you think about Jenny Tartakovsky, who clearly has, you know, Russian and uh, Asian influence in all of his art style, and I was just thinking, like, how do you come off of something like Dexter's Laboratory, and then, like, everyone's expecting this to be great, and then Samurai Jack, it's like, the poor guy is, like, judged off of these amazing series that he's done. Like, anything he does moving forward is just like, well, it's not Samurai Jack, or whatever, but, but he's just <laughs> amazing. Well, have you guys seen Primal yet? No, no. is it good? And I haven't seen it. It's on my queue. Uh, that's that's, okay, that's we'll like, for next time. We'll talk about it. No, it looks amazing. It? Yeah. yeah, it's oh, him. Then I'll definitely watch it. I think it's adults, it, it's, it's on it's HBO like Max. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I saw it on there. I just didn't know. Uh, so I'll definitely watch it. So that. are you watching Samurai Jack? I'm watching Samurai Jack. I listen to a bunch of podcasts that I drive for a living. Um, I'm listening to a bunch of D&D podcasts. Ooh, do tell. Always uh, fun. So I'm listening to a... Uh, a bunch of buddies who do a the right now they're on a pokemon D podcast oh. uh, like a DD adventure it's very fun um and the guy he worked really hard to make the app that he made for it it's for free which i i am creating i have a DD podcast i'm playing with some buddies of mine and then i'm also listening to uh that's you meet they meet in a tavern or you meet in a tavern and then i'm also mis- uh, listening to um adventure zone uh D podcast where it's Three brothers and their dad playing D and D. Yeah, yeah. And it's I mean, I cannot. It's just so funny because it's not even about D and D really. It's just about these three brothers, basically, role playing. <laughs> it's just so stupid. <laughs> I just I'm like, no, I get this. I have brothers, <laughs> and their dad added, who's just so like not. He used to be a radio caster. He was able to quit because they played D and D so oh, often that they're able that's to raise awesome. money. And what was that show called? It's Adventure Zone. Adventure Zone. I've yeah. heard of that one. I've heard good things about that, but never listened to it. Yeah, they play a lot with uh, some pretty famous D&D players. Um, Matt Mercer, I think. They play with him a couple times. Sure, yeah, so. sure. Uh, other than that, um, what am I working on? I mean, I'm working on another children's book. I'm working on a, actually something that I was inspired from you guys. Uh, Nick recommended Over the Garden Wall. I think, oh. and I watched that, which I had never seen it. I watched it, and I'm like, I have to write a, sh- I have to write a show like this. So I, literally, am writing with uh, your next guest, <laughs> and um, I'm I'm throwing out every single every single thing I have. I'm like, any idea I had that was gonna be its own movie, I'm like, no, let's put it in this one. I'm gonna use everything I have to make one amazing thing. If I even get close to as good as a show as that, then that is, I'll be happy. Yeah. Listeners, if we haven't stressed hard enough that you need to watch Over the Garden Wall, just give up and do it already. It's brilliant <laughs> in every way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Brenda, what are you consuming right now? Uh, reading a lot, watching a lot. Um, oh, I, last night I just finished... Are you guys familiar with Simon Stallenhag? Stallenhag, I don't know. He's Swedish. Sounds familiar. He's the... Okay, uh, the Amazon the series guy? Tales from the Loop. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. How okay. is that? Frankly, I'm not a big fan of the show. Okay. I don't think it's bad. Not a big fan. But it's based on this Swedish guy who does these art books, these narrative art books that are some of the most brilliant pieces of literature with barely any writing I've seen in forever. Like all my desktop wallpapers are Simon Stallenhog art. Look them up. So I, his recent book was a Kickstarter that I funded. And I just got it two days ago. Finished it last night. And it's ooey gooey good. I just, so that I did that. <laughs> Look him up. I mean, he's brilliant. He's 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 everywhere these days. But you'll enjoy him. Um, 
Oh, so like I said, we got HBO Max to watch Wonder Woman, and I think I said that we saw that already. Oh, oh boy. In one Don't of the even, podcasts. That was almost one of my movies. This is in Cinema Hate Joe. I know. It was almost one of the ones. To be frank, I get why people don't like it. I still enjoyed the whole thing. I totally see the giant plot holes and everything, but I I loved it. I have plenty of compliments for it. So don't Um, think I hate it. But because we have HBO Max, just for comfort food's sake, we you know, the world's kind of weird these days and we need some laughter. We've been watching a heck of a lot of uh, Whose Line Is It Anyways? Just old classic Whose Line. I didn't know that was on there. Definitely oh, man, it's all of it's on there. We've watched a lot of that. Huh? Drew Carey. Yep, Drew Carey yeah, seasons. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so, been enjoying that. Right on, man. How about you, man? I am working through uh, The Two Towers by Tolkien. Um, I just got to the White Rider chapter, which is chapter five. And again, folks, I've never read any of the Tolkien stuff before. So, yeah, I know. Cocking what? your head, all confused. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to make up for lost time. Just like The Simpsons, which I'm on season 14. Um... I guess got to the one where uh, Tony Hawk and Blink-182 are on it. Um, <laughs> this is not like Lord of the Rings. Three, right, right. <laughs> right, so, uh, cool, you know, I'm into Two Towers. I'm also on season 14 of The Simpsons, just working my way down. And, uh, you know, playing a little bit of Mario Maker just because. Uh, just oh, yeah. Just because I want to relax. Yeah, nice. So that's about all I'm after. Uh, Joe, thank you for being a guest on the show. Thanks for having me. That was oh, fun, it's been guys. a pleasure. And thanks for getting me to watch this movie again after all these years. That was just a delight. Thanks for recommending all the stuff you have recommended. It's like a constant flow of stuff I haven't watched and need to watch. That's right. You got to do it. (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning into this episode of Cinema Gush. We'll see you in the next one. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.